Time once again at last to get a wine chat in here on CCO. Thanks to our friend Jack Farrell from Haskell's. Good morning, Jack. Hi, Denny. I'm glad to be back. (laughs) It is so good to hear your voice. I was thinking maybe we better get, you know, like they used to do, get a string between two tin cans. Yeah, that that sounds like the phone system at WCCO. Yeah, it's a little ancient, and we're going to work around it, but it's so good to hear you. What, What can we talk about today, Jack? Well, you know what, today I thought with the easing of a lot of these rules people are getting together, how do you pick a wine for a group entertainment thing? And believe me, it's it's not as complicated as you might think it is. It's so simple. You want to look for a wine that's sort of popular uh, and wine that will appease all the palates. So generally, we steer clear of stuff like Riesling, although it's a wonderful wine and great, etc. A lot of people just don't care for it. Uh, and, you know, certain people just drink white or just drink red. So you should probably have both. It's important, I think, to have red and white. And uh, you want a wine that isn't too fussy, but <clears throat> tastes real good. And <clears throat> therefore, you should be very, very leery of buying the cheapest wine. Uh, I'd say if you're going to have a soiree, and whether you're going to have 13 people or 30 people, uh, pick a wine from about 10 to 12 or even $14. Uh, that'll get you a really good wine and it'll please all the palates that are at the party. And uh, sample it before you try it. You know, uh, uh, generally it's a good idea to kind of have some vague idea of what you're going to have. And so, therefore, sampling it and trying it uh, is good. Then, you know, you can endorse it. You've been asked to choose the wine or you're having the party. Uh, It reflects you as the host or, or you as the committee member who's in charge of buying the wine. Uh, so you want to get a wine that won't cost very much, but will please a lot of people. Chilean wines do that, in my opinion. They're they're generally very very sound, well made wines, and they're very inexpensive. I kind of like for a, a reception for white wine, uh, a Muscadet from uh, the Loire Valley. It's wonderful, crisp white wine, delicious, pleases everybody. And it doesn't break the bank. And red, I kind of lean again towards a French wine, a Beaujolais. Uh, That pleases people who like Pinot Noir and people who only drink Cabernet, etc. It's kind of a middle-of-the-road wine. Uh, And you want the wines to be very good, but you don't want them the center of attraction. In other words, you don't want a wine that's uh, more important than the experience you're enjoying that is that soiree or the party or, or the office gathering, whatever it is, uh, focus on wines, as I said, that are inexpensive. Uh, 10 to $15 a bottle is good. Uh, you know, when you're buying wine like that, <clears throat> generally most wine merchants offer a case discount. And don't be embarrassed to ask for that. Uh, and like I said, Muscadet and Beaujolais are both very, very good. And don't forget that the occasion's kind of important. Uh, for example, if it's a very fancy dinner party, the wine you're going to pick is going to be very, very different than a general, say, housewarming or engagement party where you're having lots and lots of people, or, or a big birthday party. Uh, the time of day is very important when you're picking wine. You know, if you're having something in the morning, uh, sparkling wines uh, and uh, mixed 
champagne or, or sparkling wine uh, drinks are very popular where you mix half uh, sparkling wine and half orange juice to make a mimosa or you want to do the same thing with cranberry juice makes a wonderful aperitif early in the morning and by cutting it with the orange juice or the uh, cranberry juice you're cutting the alcohol which is of course important early in the morning most people don't want a powerhouse drink so the light and alcohol is very important i think you get what i'm saying the wine really should fit the occasion uh if for example we've talked about having a housewarming a lot of people are moving at this time uh, those are uh, uh, marvelous occasions to pick wine for but as i said you don't want the wine the center of attraction getting acquainted with the people is the, and so you all you want is the wine to be sort of a lubricant to make people talk and get along with each other a little better, and plus to make it enjoyable. In fact, you know, one of the f- great things, I think, for housewarming uh, is to give an Eastern European gift, which is a loaf of bread, a little bit of salt, and a bottle of wine. And the reason is the bread may the house always be free of hunger, the salt May it always have life and zest and flavor, and wine is for the house to be full of joy. And I've always thought that that's a great housewarming present, a loaf of bread, a little a container of salt, and a bottle of wine. And in the, by doing that, you're wishing the people uh, never to want for hunger, to have a wonderful life full of flavor and zest, and then be joyful. So that's kind of a fun thing to do for uh, a housewarming gift. And as I said, the wine, it's important that the wine fit the occasion. Uh, usually big wines like Cabernet and Bordeaux aren't really good for uh, a big occasion. They're, they're too uh, important by themselves usually. So you want something that's easy. And uh, so... And another thing that's kind of fun when you're having a party is oversized bottles, magnums. Uh, I love those for a party. And, of course, now box wines are very popular. But I think if you're having a party, uh, maybe take a step up from the box wine and uh, serve something other than box wines. And as I said a minute ago, uh, the occasion is great. Like if it's a summer afternoon party, how about a rosé? You know, it, there, there's a wine, and we've talked about this in the past, uh, that is just blossoming, rosé wine. It, it, you know, it's always been there. In fact, some people argue it was the very first wine that was ever made because wine, they weren't very sophisticated. It would be pretty hard to get those skins off to make a white, clear white wine that didn't have any color, even though grape skins or grape juice runs very, very clear all the time. The skins can slightly uh, taint the wine, so they think that maybe the first wines ever were rosé wines. And, you know, they went in and out of flavor mainly because of super sweet wines in the United States like white Zinfandel and white Merlot. (coughs) Excuse me. Uh, And they were kind of sweet and clawing, and everybody associated, well, those rosé wines, they're all sweet. They're not at all. They're very sophisticated. As a matter of fact, Ted Farrell, who does this six for 60, where you get six bottles of wine for $60 at all the Haskell stores, he's picked six rosés, and this is going to go on until the end of August. 
And uh, let me tell you, he's picked six remarkably different rosés, but all very enjoyable. He has a sparkling Cremant, which is a champagne-like wine, except it's made in Burgundy, uh, from Pinot Noir, just a delicious sparkling wine. And then he's got the new Prosecco Rosé in this 6 for 60. And, you know, Prosecco has always been a white wine, and just a year ago they changed the rules in Italy to permit Prosecco to be made with a, in a rosé style, so you have a rosé Prosecco, and they are absolutely delicious. Not only that, they look very pretty, that lovely pink with the bubbles in the glass, both those sparkling ones. And then he's got wine from uh, Pinot Noir and Burgundy. He has uh, a marvelous, marvelous uh, rosé from uh, Bordeaux, and, and a couple from Provence, which is you know the home and the hotbed of rosés where Brad Pitt and his uh, former wife and uh, uh, George Clooney all have vineyards where they're producing rosés in the Provence style. In Provence, if you ever get a chance, just go there. It's one of the most beautiful areas of France. You know, at this time of year, you can sit on a terrace and overlook fields of lavender and sip on a bottle of, or sip on a glass of rosé wine overlooking all that lavender, and you know God's in heaven and all's right with the world. It's it's just a marvelous place. So he's picked these wonderful wines, six for 60 bucks, and that's a great way to try rosé. And as I said, any summer soiree, rosé's a wonderful wine to serve for a group. Uh, you know, with ta- the football games coming up, tailgating is important. I think red blends are good wines to have with tailgating. They are a little bigger, a little more robust, but usually with tailgating, you're going to have some kind of robust food, etc. And uh, then you have kind of wines of introduction. These are wines where you're going to have a party and you want people to mingle and uh, have light conversation. Uh, and, you know, when you have those kinds of wines of introduction, it, uh, it is, as I said earlier, kind of a lubricant for the whole party. People begin to talk to one another and, and uh, ask one another about different things. And they're great get acquainted uh, parties like that, those introduction parties. And, again, that that's not a bad place to have rosé because people say, you know, I hated rosé all my life, but this wine isn't too bad. And it's because there's so many good ones. You know, we, in the depths of the rosé depression when it wasn't popular, we maybe had eight rosés for people to buy. Today I think we have over... Uh, 150 different rosés, and uh, there's good reason for it. They're all absolutely unique, and most of them are really different, and they're a wonderful wine to have as an imperative. Uh, I really am big on rosé, as you can see, uh, for especially for this time of year. It's a great wine of introduction. And then, of course, you get after you pick the wine for the party, uh, how much should you buy? Well, better to have and not need than need and not have. So always buy a little extra. You can check with your wine merchants. Some wine merchants will let you return wine if it's unopened. So don't speculate and open all the wine. Just open it as you need it. And usually your wine merchant will take back what you don't use. It's, like I say, not very, very difficult to pick a wine for any kind of a party. And as things are loosening up and lightening up a little bit with our COVID crisis, uh, maybe that's a little bit of good advice how to pick a nice wine 
to make your event very special, memorable for everybody who's there. And like I say, you don't really want the wine to take center stage, but you want to have a wine that will help lubricate the party, if you will, and everybody will have a better time because of it. More great ideas. And you can find more help, certainly, Jack, at Haskell's. Indeed, the folks at Haskell's love to talk about wine. And you know what they do best? They pair wine with food. And they'll pair wine that will not break the bank. Uh, They make it very affordable. So stop in at one of the Haskell's stores. There's 11 in the metro area. There's a Haskell's in Bloomington, Excelsior. There's a Haskell's in Faribault right off of 35. Our Maple Grove Supercellar is not to be missed. There's a Haskell's in downtown Minneapolis with free parking on both Saturday and Sunday. Plymouth has a Haskell's, so does St. Paul's Highland Village. There's a Haskell's in Stillwater, White Bear Lake, and Woodbury, too. And if you can't come in, just go on your computer to Haskell's.com, and it'll take you right to the vineyards of the world at Haskell's. Just go on your computer to Haskell's.com, and it'll take you right to the vineyards of the world at Haskell's. And don't forget, we next Saturday is our last boat cruise of the summer. There are a few seats available, not many, but a few. And if you call any of the Haskell stores, they can tell you how to get a, a, a wonderful ride on the St. Croix where there's hundreds of wines, beers, spirits, and a lovely lunch as you enjoy the beautiful summer day on the St. Croix River. That sounds marvelous. And also, Jack, let's talk again next week. You know, Denny, I'm going to look forward to that. Thanks very much. Jack Farrell from Haskell's.